it's Carly. Welcome back to my podcast, One Woman Gig. I am super, super stoked for today's topic, which is a dance do, which is paying respect and homage to foundations and mentors before us. And today I have a very, very, very amazing guest, very special guest, legendary choreographer, dancer, extraordinaire, Please help me welcome the amazingly talented Kelly Peters. Hey, hey Hi. guys. How are you? Hey, I'm going to add this. There you go. <laughs> Clapping up for yourself. <laughs> How are you doing, Carly? Amazing. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm holding up. Holding up. Um, you know, holding up. Teen, actually, it really does um, spark some of your creative juices and you know, it's almost like fasting, you know, it's like people fast and, you know, they, they, you know, become closer to God. I feel like this is a similar mm. experience, like, uh, you know, fasting from, um, you know, having a connection with people it, it, or just even a connection with your normal life in terms of your business activity. And um, it has definitely opened up some new passageways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely happened for me. I started this podcast through the quarantine and I know for you and I both, we both own dance studios and I honestly feel my mental has shifted because I realized how much time I spend away from my family and like not even, I don't know, like even just traveling and having to commute to my studio takes up time. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait a minute, there's just so much time that I missed that. Like I don't ever spend time like dinner with my parents and now I have time to do that like it's just yeah. it's definitely a shift for sure yeah for sure no, it, it is it's a shift um, um I think for me it's just uh time and then to do nothing um I, I don't spend a lot of time yeah. doing nothing so it's been really interesting yeah not showering for days on end and that sort of thing oh oh okay <laughs> you know I mean come on everybody that's in this quarantine is sitting at home funky for two days three days. Kelly, I don't know. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> they may not admit it. I'm admitting mine. Like, I, I've been, I've just, you know. Oh, man. I mean, it, that, okay. I, don't get me wrong. I like a good shower, but sometimes yeah, it yeah. feels good. It's important. Just not do anything, and that includes a, a shower, so. Okay. Hey, I'm not gonna knock you. I want you to live your best life, so, hey. <laughs> hey, but know, if you see me in person, so I will I will smell decent. I promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Um, so yeah, I'm super, I'm super stoked for this topic. And I thank you so much for being yeah. able to tune in with me today. Um, you are literally somebody I respect. So many people respect you for your your presence in the dance industry and in the dance community, especially here in New York City. Um, so thank you again for for tuning in and chatting with me. Um, I would thank you for having yeah. me and your kind words. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's all you. It's all you. I would love to bring it back to your beginning. Um, have you been dancing your whole life? And I guess for you, when did it start becoming serious in terms of a career? Uh, yes, I have been dancing my whole life. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and so um, I, um, you know my whole family just danced in general just like around the house I was dancing but um for me my 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 true introduction to even loving dance was 
watching the Nicholas Brothers and Gene mm. Kelly, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., um, like, uh, you know, Fred Astaire, mm. uh, just watching these people in these, you know, these movies, that like the older movies, um, just really, really sparked something inside me that, uh, that made me know that I loved movement and dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not formally trained, so everything that I learned was um, by observing and mimicking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, my, the next step of that was um, watching, uh, also James Brown is in there, but uh, I, was, I used mm-hmm. to watch uh, Fame. Fame was a television series that came on Mm-hmm. Uh, and Debbie Allen, you know, uh, and Leroy, and like all these people, you know, and mm-hmm. so I used to watch that. And they had a show uh, that they did a tour called Fame Does London, and um, and we had it on VHS. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. But uh, <laughs> I watched the entire thing and learned the entire concert from top to bottom. And it was not wow. hip hop; it was all jazz, you know, all jazz and and. Uh, modern, you know, kind of contemporary movement, and uh, I learned it. I just mimicked it, you know, and I learned the entire show. Uh, wow. So Debbie Allen, Debbie Allen is a huge, huge, huge inspiration to me. Uh, I've never met her. I've seen her in person, but uh, didn't want to go up and say something. But I, I am very Aww. moved by her, uh, and of course Michael Jackson. So, um, but um, I would say around 11 years old. I learned how to do an arm wave from my friends. Uh, this kid moved into my neighborhood from Los Angeles, and um, we used to walk to school together. He and I and another friend of ours, we used to walk to elementary school together, and he showed me an arm wave, and I was just like, what in the hell was that? <laughs> and so I started learning how to do that, you know, how to wave and pop, and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then, of course, you know, other things like flash dance came out and so I started learning how to break and as I said before I was self-taught uh, I did have mentors in dance uh, Patrick Whipple mm. uh, as well as um, another guy named um, Gerardo um, you know I think everybody knows him by his song Rico Suave um, mm-hmm. but uh, he um, he was a really good popper so him and him and Patrick would come to St. Louis and they kind of you know, brush us up on our skills and give us any pointers, you know, from all as again, we were self being self-taught. But from that, um, from that passion came my first actual professional job, which was dancing for a professional soccer team in St. Louis oh, wow. called the Steamers, the St. Louis Steam. Okay. Steam Heat Break okay. the Steam Heat Breakers. So that was my first professional. That was the beginning of my professional career where I was like, you know, dancing and being paid for, for dance right right uh, and I was I was I was I would say I was 13 I was 13 years old 13 year old Kelly yeah. dancing it out yep. in St. Louis dancing it out yeah which led to other things you know we did commercials we um we start to do um like the Jerry Lewis telethons we would open up for Bob Hope and Connie Stevens we opened up for New Edition mm. uh Ryan oh, wow. O'Neill like a, a lot of different uh, artists and they would and so that's that's the thing and so it start it started right off the top that my mm-hmm. focus and my mentality about dance was I was the artist like I never felt mm. like I never felt like a backup dancer I never felt like that I always felt like the okay. artist you know I was like I'm the artist because they were they were you know we were 
doing we were doing the choreography for these things you know Herbie Hancock whatever right. it was we were doing the choreography it wasn't like there was a choreographer and we were learning the steps you know wow wow okay so that's that's some beginning I didn't I didn't know that so this is I'm learning about you right now this is that's some beginning that you had then in terms of your introduction to dance and like getting really serious about it and being passionate about it yeah learned how to do you know, windmills and head spins and all these different things. I was learning from watching Beach Street, Flash Dance, okay. whatever, you know. Okay, okay. So it wasn't necessarily a quote-unquote, like, hands-on no, no. my, my you know, my, 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 my work ethic and all of that, that came from my father. You know, that was, to me, that's that's back when, when your father, your mother and your father were your biggest inspiration and your biggest, your hero. And so, you know, both of them have mm. a work ethic that, you know, that was just undeniable. And, I, you know, it was very, very um, um, apparent in, in our home was our parents' work ethic, you know? So that was something I just learned mm-hmm. in, in, in general, you know, it was instilled in me from the beginning. Okay. So. From the jump, practice makes progress yeah. and discipline and you applied that to yeah, your craft 100%. of dance. Yeah awesome yeah yeah um that's good no that's awesome to have that support especially from a younger age and um that's that's just amazing that you had that support from mom and dad um that's cool, everything. Cool, cool. yeah everything. so for-, for any parent out there to this podcast your support for your child and their dream and their following their heart is the most important part of the process because um like all we want to make our parents proud at the end of the day. Do whatever it is that we're doing, yeah. we just want them to be proud of us. And and so their stamp of approval is everything. It is. It is. It is. It is. You are speaking many truths. And uh, it's amazing when you have that reciprocation and your parents are like, hey, I'm with you. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And they support you. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So question for you in regards to, I'm fast forwarding to like today, like right now, do you realize or do you feel like you have taken on the position of being a role model? Like you are an inspiration to so many people. Um, I don't know if you realize that that's how dope you are, but you are. Um, Do you feel potentially? Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. do you feel like that is a title that you have to live up to? Do you feel, how do you feel in terms of being perceived as a role model? Because you certainly are, thank I'm just you. letting you know. Um, Put it on your Instagram. You. I really do appreciate <laughs> that. But yeah, I, I do feel like um, uh, I am conscious of it, um, you know, and um, I think that uh, I didn't initially, that wasn't, my goal wasn't to teach young people or, do be a teacher or any of that none of that was part of my plan um you know we all have our mm. plan of what we think we're going to do and what we want to do but um I, I have a lot of faith in god and I, and um i do believe that this is something that was chosen for me and so once i once i accepted mm. it I, I i feel like even more i was able to walk in my purpose once i once i accepted that part you know once i accepted the idea that oh oh i have a bigger job or responsibility that you're putting me so like my 
my my studio or you know what I do if that's actually my ministry I get it you know um so I um yeah but I am aware of that um I, you know I'm human um but I'm conscious and so I am conscious of the fact that I do that I don't buy into it so much though you know like I don't I don't like yeah I don't smell myself if you will you know um just because yeah. I, just, I just don't feel that that's productive. There's nothing productive about that, you know. Something yeah. about, but I do appreciate it. It's, it feels good to hear you say that, and and it's great to see how people may be from the outside, you know. You're you're definitely a very humble person, from what what I've gathered from my interactions with yeah. you in the past. But you know, I don't think that you're you come across. I personally don't think that you come across in any sort of like unapproachable not yeah, relatable type God. of way um i think you're very passionate yeah no you're a very passionate person that's what i, I gather certainly am. um and i think you yeah i certainly yeah, am i think sure. what you for know sure. you being a studio owner i think that you can relate to the idea of working for yourself uh for 16 hours straight it's different than working for someone else you know uh, and it's almost it's not even like work yes. really i mean yeah granted you're tired physically just because you're human and eventually you wear down but it's not like a thing where you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and you're like damn i gotta go to brick house today it's like but i never feel that way you know my, mm-hmm. my partner and i uh, <laughs> i have a, a business partner there at brick house her name is gladys bank and um and we on mondays we have our monday meeting with our staff and you know we're so excited mm-hmm. about it um you know like we'll all be texting in the group that like it's monday you know it's like, like how many jobs <laughs> have that where you're like excited to go to work and have your meeting you know um i feel very fortunate yeah. and blessed to be in that that type of position you know yeah but you foster that kelly like you are fostering that family vibe like that's stemming from you and gladys like that's amazing that you guys are able to do that but it starts with the with leaders it starts with your passion and how you how you uh portray that and I agree. it trickles down so that's something I you're fostering I mean, I, I, I didn't, yeah. You know, yeah i do believe that 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 gladys and i play a major part in that because she's very she's dope af um you know, like b- business owner, uh, you know, law degree, your mom, like all the all the stuff that comes along with that. So partnering partnering with her was was yes. probably one of the smartest things that I that I did um, in my journey. Um, but um, yeah, I just I just feel yeah. like um, you know we we have to love what we do, you know, and and the rest will follow. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? It's so funny because. Any place that you go to, like if you any studio that you go to or um, institution, whatever it is, I always feel like the vibe of that place is is representation mm-hmm. of the top because it, like you said, yep. it trickles down. So yep. if you walk into a place and you're like, I hate the vibe here, or the, it's so weird. you know, it's like, oh well, not you know where it, you know where it comes from. Yep. A lot of people don't think of it that way. But that's one of the biggest compliments that I mm-hmm. feel like we at Brickhouse um, are are um, re- that we receive people is that when they come in they say I love the vibe yes. like you know we have guest teachers all over the yes. world that come uh, and that's usually one of the first things they say when they come in is like I really love the vibe here you know 
that they talk about the energy a lot yes uh, or even after being in t- like you know we'll have someone for like a whole weekend and when man i've never experienced any energy like this and that to me is the is a better compliment mm. than you got the best dancers you, you know it's like you know we work really mm. hard on that like you you know you you're giving something to the community right. it has to be something that is helping to push forward the community and you know not just the dance community but people you know people like this right. is a, this is our contribution right. to a better a better existence for everybody <laughs> you know like cuz not like you have to like and you know when you're working with a lot of young people it's not even guaranteed that they're going to be professional dancers they may end up doing something else but the principles that you give mm-hmm. when you have you know the platform that are ones that stay with them for life and help them in all situations in their life you know absolutely 100% right and that's exactly in terms of the topic that we're talking about you're hitting the nail on the head like the foundation that you're setting up right now with Brickhouse with Gladys and having such a strong team that everything that you just said that when the kids come in for class or adults it doesn't matter if someone comes in for class are they leaving stronger in some sense are they going to take whatever lessons that they learned in that class and apply it to themselves 10 yeah. years from now yeah. 20 years from now oh when i used to train at brickhouse you know what i mean so that's 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 kind of why i wanted to talk with you about this in terms of you being such a highly respected and prominent dancer in our community and being able to pass things down and it's like we in terms of longevity it's something that we strive for as studio owners but just again as people like what right. legacy are we leaving behind are people going to know like hey this is this is the way that Kelly when i used to train with Kelly this is what i learned from him so let me you know if i become a teacher let me pass this down to my students it's a generational like concept you know tedious. so foundations are important I yeah it's it. it's so it. important yeah uh, and i always give this um I was giving this this little example to my kids like hey I know you guys are probably sick of doing all of these tedious popping drills and waves and what I have them doing um but I, I'm like listen um I can easily give you fast food to me fast food is choreography I know I love choreography. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love it. One of my favorite things is creating it. Um I love seeing it. I love teaching it. Mm-hmm. But I also understand and know how the foundation of everything is. And so to me fast food is just me walking in the room and giving you some eights and going on about my business. Um because you're going to first of all you're not going to remember that choreography 2 months from now. or 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 a year from now or two years correct or, you know whatever you may remember the song but um the part is important because um it's like you know it's like it's like you're going to remember that forever. you teach somebody how to do the moonwalk you best believe when their daughter gets like 25 years later they're going to be doing the moonwalk <laughs> drunk at a wedding somewhere that they learned in your hip hop class that they took <laughs> once you know because it's something that's foundational and it's yep. like you know um when you're making like a soup or a stew you can either buy a can of of you know soup or Campbell soup or whatever and pour it in a pot and warm it up you could buy McDonald's on the table and and everybody eat 
or you can take your time and cut up the carrots, cut mm-hmm. up the onions, cut up the celery. You know, it's a process, but it's also it's a recipe, and it's you're gonna have left, and it tastes better, and it's made with love, and and it's a family tradition that you're gonna pass to your daughter. Your daughter's gonna pass it to her daughter. It's like a, there's a whole thing that comes along yeah. with that that's way richer, faster. Um, and and it just builds something. It builds something a lot stronger when it has a strong foundation. Amen to that. I was gonna. That kind of leads me into my next question for you. So, you just said so much about foundation, which is again my next question. I'm gonna take, for example, ballet. Right, ballet has a lot of history. There's standards. There's a lot of foundational aspects to ballet. Can we do that with commercial dance? The commercial dance world without compromising our founders and our past. Of course, there's going to be things that evolve, but can we, or and do you feel like we're doing that now in this time and space? Are we honoring, you know, our our, our mentors, our teachers who put down the, the, the roots and pillars for the commercial dance world? Is that something that we can do? Is that something we are doing? Should it be something that we should be doing? Like, what do you feel? Um in terms I of the commercial feel dance that world. the commercial dance world is just that commercial so um you know the hip-hop that they do is mm. you know you put that you have to put that that word in front of it it's commercial hip-hop you know um and so um mm. uh, you know it, it started a long long time ago that the foundation was lost and it just became commercial you know uh, i feel like the the bigger the bigger Mm. Um, that title, that name hip hop became, um, the more watered down it became. Uh, and it had a lot to do with being something that was uh, able to be monetized by so many people who who didn't even know anything about the You don't even have to know about hip hop to put a sign in your window that says we offer mm. hip hop, you know, where we couldn't do that. I couldn't mm. like offer ballet uh, at at brick house but never have gone in and done a time do it's like it's insane but it's very true it's like there is basic foundations mm. to learning how to do ballet if you don't if you've been to the bar and done first second position third position learned all the basics then you cannot mm-hmm. even begin to say that you have learned ballet and so um i think that because Hip hop was is so um, non-traditional in terms of like um, <laughs> like the mainstream being able to control it in a way. Um, it was never given, mm-hmm. or we never, the culture never gave it um, the type of structure that it needed for for it to be more organized and structured. You know what I mean? Like like anybody can anybody can can teach yeah. under that title. It doesn't matter. There's no certificate that you need. There's there's nothing like that. And like there are the majority of people that are in the industry that call themselves hip hop dancers have absolutely positively no foundation in hip hop. Teachers, dancers, choreographers that say they have no foundation in hip hop. And so um, it's, it's the type of thing that, mm. you know, what are you going to do? Um, I where I am in my life because I made certain choices um, I did have foundation enough that I could have I could have been a foundational teacher period and never stepped into the choreography 
home. Right. You know, and never never went to the commercial right. aspect of it. Um, where you know there were people like Buddha Stretch and and um, Link and these uh, and actually uh, Poppin' Pete mm-hmm. and Stretch and and uh, and uh, Ejo just choreographed Omarion, and they're all foundational hip hop people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know Pete is Poppy, Ejo yeah. is House, Link is all styles, mostly hip hop, um, but and you know they just choreographed Omarion's most recent tour. Uh, and but it was very specific you can't find somebody to do that that doesn't have it they have to have that foundation um, and so it's only in, in mm. like that where you'll be able to really be appreciated for having foundation but do I feel like people are, are like uh, praising the mentors uh, you know it just depends because the mentors now are 20 years old, 19 years old and have no credentials and have no real mm. uh, experience, but are in positions of, of someone who does or would. People like, you know, like I remember when I first started teaching at, at uh, BDC, uh, you know, years ago, I was there for uh, just about 10 years before I retired from, from BDC. And, like I remember seeing some of the teachers on that list was like Sheila Barker and you know and like you know just like like the names mm. that that were there uh you know Sue Samuels mm-hmm. there were people that just had these great uh credentials and like you just knew that you were gaining so much and now I never took their classes because I don't, I don't do jazz but I would observe their classes and just listening to mm-hmm. them talk and the things that they say, you can tell that they just been in it and they know so much about movement. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I, I can rant forever, but um, no, but to, but to answer your no, question, this is, but to answer your question, no, I, don't, I feel like it's a different type of thing. So like mentor is now, it's not, it's not the same as it was before because um, it began to be so watered down in terms of uh, the educators that mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 person who's mentoring needs to be mentored, you know. So it's, it's like you know, there's there's a, a whole mm. gap there. But I mean, it is what it is. I I, I have no yeah. I, everybody's got to eat. There's enough for everybody to do whatever they need to do. Um, and and you know, there's someone for everyone. And so I I don't knock anybody's hustle, but right. in, in answering your question, that is my my two feelings about, um, you know, mentorship and, and, you know, in terms of the commercial industry, there are people that have been there for a long time that still receive those kudos, you know, like Brian Friedman and Lorianne Gibson, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, and the other people that have gone on to do even greater things like, you know, Fatima Noir and, and, um, and uh, King and like all mm-hmm. these these type of, of people. So there are people mm-hmm. that are there. I don't know how much those people work. I know Brian Freeman does, but a lot of those people, they don't, I don't know if they mentor or not. So, you know. I don't know. I just feel like within the commercial world, like is there, if there is something missing in terms of passing down knowledge, like how can we do better? Because I don't want the generation above us or the older generation to be disappointed in this newer generation it's like oh well y'all are not doing it right or you know you guys need to make sure like 
I, I know I want to do better. Like I want to gain knowledge and even just having this conversation with you, like I, I'm feeling real good right now. Like, and I feel like this needs to happen more frequently with yeah. the newer generation of teachers. Like we need to reach out to, to people who are before us and, you know, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, how can we do better? What should we be doing? Uh, is know, it communication? At, at, is it just... At the, at, it is conversation. Conversation? At the end of the day, <laughs> it is up to those people that hold the knowledge to get the knowledge out because that's that's what I feel like we're, we're lacking is that the newer generation doesn't necessarily thirst for knowledge. They thirst for excitement. They thirst for, um, you know, instant gratification. And so when you're looking for that, mm. within that, usually there isn't a lot of knowledge. You're looking for thrill. And so um, um, and so me being someone who has been part of the industry and, and, and movement as a whole just for, you know, decades, not to age myself, but, um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> instead of me ranting, I could sit and rant on social media and talk about how much this sucks and that sucks. And even the things that I'm saying to you about the generational gap and what's missing and all that, those are the conversations that I have very often because I'm not a ranter, I, I'm a mm. doer. And so rather than me rant, I'm going to yeah. create something that will give people the opportunity to get the knowledge. And like, and you'll see it, the proof is in the pudding. And like, you okay. know, my students are are also well respected for what they do and for and for their abilities. And so mm -hmm. I let that for itself. And also I know that they know the difference between what's real and what's not. Even if they're out taking Joe Blow's class that teaches that, you know, at the rental studio, uh, you know, that, you know, nowadays all you if you can rent a studio you're a teacher. And so uh, you know, and people take the class is five dollars, it's ten dollars, it's free, it's like, you know, whatever. I get it. Uh and you know, some people are trying to make a name for themselves. They want people to see the choreo and whatever. I get it. So even if my kids are participating in that, they still know the difference between that and what's real in terms right. of education, educators, um, you know, um, foundation, not foundation. Yeah, the homemade the homemade no soup. So yeah. not is to make sure that I provide a place to give knowledge. And I can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. And that's, you know, I remember having a, a conversation with, with Rhapsody James, um, maybe five, six years ago, we were talking about it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, um, you know, the most that you can do is continue to educate, but you cannot make them you cannot make them come to you to do it. Like they're, they're not gonna do that. You know, you can't make them do it, that, you know? And even for me, like if, mm. like I, I sneak it in with my kids, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I give them, I give them what I, what I know they need and then I give them what they want. I give them a little bit of both, but I'm fortunate enough that I can do that because I can okay. teach the foundations, you know, I was telling uh, uh, one of my students this, like this was before the quarantine. Um, I was like, you know, it's so funny. I, I had a studio uh, mm -hmm. at Martha's Vineyard back in 2003, 
four, five, something. Yeah, 2003. You know how many teachers was there? One, me. I taught every single class, every Ooh. single day. And all styles, freestyle, hip hop, popping, locking, breaking, house, um, you know, beginner, uh, beginner advanced, like, you know, uh, adult, like everything. Not, you know, obviously I had a passion that was burning a hole through the floor, but um, but that passion is what led me to where I am today. Um, honestly, I don't think that there are a lot of teachers today that could that could do that. And it's just because no one is training like that. It's just really quick. It's really quick. It's like, I'll take, you know, they could take hip hop for a year and be like, all right, that's it. I'm a hip hop dancer, I'm a hip hop teacher. Where can I teach? Um, you know, don't let somebody get a hot yeah. Instagram video and they're touring all over the world teaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. First of all, it's crazy. Yeah, it's no, crazy. I, I, and, I, and granted, it is. I don't want to knock anybody's hustle because, you know, there are certain Instagram people that I've been around that, that I'm just like, wow, they really, really, really work hard. You know, you know, I've been around like, you know, we mm -hmm. held, we held some workshops in Boston and we had a certain group of dancers, uh, you know, it was like Jojo Gomez, um, uh, Delaney, Glazer, mm -hmm. Jade. Uh, Chadwick, uh, Alex Chung, mm -hmm. uh, and so all these these uh, Casey Rice, Sean Lou, they're all part of this this workshop series we did. And so I right. it was the first time I was ever really around them, um, I, but being around them, I was mm. able oh. to see how their work ethic is, and I was like, damn, they really work hard. They really work hard, like in terms of like like gaining information mm. and wanting to be great and you know you would think because they were teaching this workshop that they would sit out and chill until it was their time to teach but each of them yeah they were all taking oh, each other's classes that's amazing and like you know they just had a real work and in between all of that they're doing like instagram sponsored stuff in a way you know i'm just like they really work they really work hard at this thing that they created this lane that, they, that they're part of a whole new lane and a new generation so that's why I'm saying I'm not trying to knock it but if we're talking about if we're really talking about it and right you know the the the, the root of everything um I have to say that you know yeah no that's a so they probably have mentors and teachers that they that instilled that drive that passion that discipline and now they they embody that in their lifestyle and their training as dancers. And now look at them now, the fact that they're able to put that out and support each other, take each other's classes and, and are knowledgeable. That's I think that's what needs to happen across the board in terms of generation to generation, whether it be yeah, ballet. Yeah, yeah. So with everything that we've said about, you know, newer generation, um, having mentors, the fact that you have your own personal discipline and drive um, that your parents instilled in you, what would you say is your expectation for the newer generation of dancers who aspire to perform and perhaps down the line teach? What is your expectation? Um, what do you want them, them to know? to fall in love with the process. Um, I think that um, if you fall in love with the process and your goal is just to be great at what you do the rest of everything else will come behind it and i think that people are doing it the other way around 
they're like, how can I be famous but not have to really do all of that? You know, like, you know, but it's like, you know, I, I would like for them to, to just have better work ethic. I feel like that's what we're missing is work ethic and, uh, and, and, you know, I can't say commitment for everybody because I know my, like a lot of students have been with me since they were kids. Like some of them started with me at, you know, age 11 or 12 up until they were up in college. Like, you know, Natalie, like a child, age 11 when she started. And now I'm watching her tour the world with every major artist. And Aww. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> you know, but her work ethic is yeah. phenomenal. You know, her work ethic is just, yeah. she, like, there's yeah. no one that knows her that can say that she didn't earn everything that's coming to her. She earned it. She worked. And so I, I just wish mm. all the younger generation yes. had that mentality of, I'm going to work ass off. And because eventually it will, you know, you, you'll see the fruits of your labor. And um, and it's also just way more rewarding, way more yeah. rewarding to work hard for something and, and you know, mm. and start to receive the, the, the benefits of it. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. Like, is you know work ethic and uh learning how to network and and networking is, is just a major part of of success in any field not dance alone any field that you're in if you don't know how to network you might as well plan on being you know uh, the, the mediocre <laughs> person of whatever it is that you're doing honestly mm. Mm. yeah well, Kelly, you, again, I really appreciate you so much um, and this conversation. And for anyone listening, this is what life is about, period. Of course, dance, but just like making a connection with somebody, having a conversation, like, you know, just to improve your 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 mental and just like, how can you broaden your horizon? Like, this is it, guys. Like, have conversation, reach out. Like, I don't know, for anyone listening, I'm not like, close close with Kelly I literally sent him an email I was like hi I don't yeah. know if you remember me like but it you, you just you got to take a chance and just communicate and and learn like I, I I'm just really so thankful that you were able to uh to chat with me today um before we go do you want to insert you know you want to like shout out like brick house do you want to insert any like yeah, sure. like social media um, platform plug um, website anything like know, that uh please visit us house we're in Times Square um, you can uh, find us at BrickHouseDance.com. Uh, that's our website, is BrickHouseDance.com. Um, we also have an Instagram, which is BrickHouseNYC. Um, and yeah, man, we, we start training age six, age six to 30, um, uh, in terms of like our programs, open classes that are, you know, we're there seven days a week. We have beginner adult classes, beginner kids classes. We also new program called the mixers which is an urban contemporary company um and um, um and it's mm. amazing you know danny and dom russo um they are the co-directors that run that and they're phenomenal teachers uh and yeah so if you're into contemporary or you know or, or that mix of that urban contemporary um definitely come and and, and check us out but uh, if you are really, really into training and you really want to get better, uh, 
I suggest you come over to Brick House. Uh, and that's not to say not to go anywhere else. I never, uh, our, our, our purpose and our mission is never to take anybody from anywhere just to add to what they're already receiving. And so um, if you, you know, if, but if you are ready to take it to the next level and you're serious about the training, um, I, always, I always say you should be very aware of where you spend your money and what it is you're getting for it. So, um, but yeah, Carly, thank you right, for this, right. uh, this very nice uh, to be able to fellowship <laughs> with you. That's what it felt like. It was like I was fellowshipping. Um, <laughs> but um, I appreciate yeah. you, man, and I appreciate yeah. what you're contributing uh, to the community by offering something like this, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that yeah. so much. And the homemade soup, you know, I appreciate everything that you said from start to finish. And again, thank you so much for tuning in with me, Kelly. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, so for anyone listening, this is the last episode of season one, which is crazy. Um, season two will be airing later in May. And there's going to be a few pop up videos and fun things in between. But be sure to stay tuned with my podcast, One Woman Peace. Gig. All right, guys, peace out.